Let's get going, huh? Welcome to Mule Tip Tuesday. It is Tuesday, September 1st already, 2020. And uh, it's just me this week. Uh, I, like I said, I had run into town here and Sky and the girls are, are back at the the arena. So looking forward to hanging out with you guys for a half hour today and talking mules and answering your questions. So like I said, if you have any questions, uh, start to post them. That way when it comes time, I will have them on here. So uh, before we get going, I want to thank our sponsors. Uh, first of all, Larry over at the Watering Post. We're grateful for you, Larry. Thanks thanks to uh, him. We're able to do these podcasts and these Meal Tip Tuesdays. If you're looking for a really good automatic waterer for your meals, you need to look up the Watering Post. Also, uh, big thanks to My Pet Sunblock. Uh, that's our newest sponsor. Um, she has uh, this chemical-free, fragrance-free sunblock. For those of you guys with some white mules and white horses that get sunburned in the summertime, that sun beating down on them, Anyways, that's great. So be sure to look her up, mypetsunblock.com. So anyways, thank you guys. Um, today's tip uh, is talking about the process of developing softness in your mule. And uh, in order to kind of develop this softness, you need to know what the heck it is that you're looking for. And, you know, what what is your definition of softness? What what do you want that to mean when you ride your mule? Um, and for me, I guess I will define it how what I'm looking for. Um, for me, it's basically willingness. Uh, you could replace the word softness with the word willingness. You know, what is how how willing is your animal, is your mule, your horse, your donkey? How willing are they to respond to the questions that you're asking them? You know. Um, how how little brace can you have when accomplishing a maneuver or a task or whatever it is, you know. So you got to know what that means to you. And then this whole idea of softness, um, you know, you need to be soft to achieve softness from your animal. You know, your, your mule, your horse, your donkey, they are just a mirror of you. So however heavy you are on those reins, however much, uh, you know, if you got a lot of brace in you, you're going to put a lot of brace in your mule. At the same time, you know, you might have to do a little bit more um, to get something done. But, you know, my big goal with developing the softness, and you can just plug this, you guys. You can plug it to any move you want, um, whatever, whether you're backing or you're uh, doing a turnaround or you're yielding the hindquarters, you're changing leads, you're going through water, you're going through deadfall, riding some rough country, whatever it is, you just plug this in, okay? But, you know, I, I want to see how little I can do and how much I can get. It might sound a little selfish, but that's what I'm trying to look for. So I want to see just how little. So every time I go to ask my mule to do something, let's just let's just use the example of lateral flexion, okay, to the right maybe. You know, every time I go to ask my mule to bend to the right, I want to see how little it takes. So I'm going to maybe send a little pre-signal and I'll slide my hand down that rein. And maybe that's all it takes. Maybe my mule starts to, you know, it, it flicks an ear back toward me. Maybe it starts to begin to bend, whatever it might be. But 
that might be all it takes. And maybe it doesn't. Maybe I need to do a little bit more. So then I slide down that rain and I pick up on the rain and I I apply, let's just say, five pounds of pressure. But I think it's going to take me ten pounds of pressure. Well, I'll apply five and see if I can't get something done. Um, and basically, I'm always offering the mule a good deal every single time. I'm always going to say please to my mule every single time. Uh, you know, no matter no matter what situation I'm in, I'm going to try to offer them a good deal. And if they don't take me up on that good deal, then I will firm up as needed. Now, you've heard me say this lots of times, but firming up as needed with as needed underlined. You know, sometimes we do too much. But you need to have this goal in mind, too, of what you want this softness to be like. You know, that's why I said you got to paint yourself a picture, whatever it is. And it doesn't have to be the same definition as mine, what softness means to you. But you need to keep that in mind. Now, something I see all too often is somebody will say, you know, like often the first day of the clinic or something, you know, I, I make my rounds and I ask everybody what their, you know, what's what's your goal? Um, you know, what's your goal this, this week in the clinic? Uh, what do you want to achieve? And they'll say something about softness one way or another. And yet they have this bit hanging off this mule's mouth that's got a nose pincher on it and big old chain curb and, and uh you know, it's a, it's got a shank, you know, eight inches long, whatever, you know, and sometimes the tools we use are, will really interfere with the softness we're trying to build. So you need to consider that the equipment you use, the gear you use, the things you do and how you do it. Um, I'm not saying you don't need to firm up at times to get something done. I'm just saying you need to be careful about how you go about doing it. And the other part with softness that I really want to address today, and you guys can tell me what you think about this, but, you know, they will, the softer, how should I say this, the quicker you respond to their responses, the the softer they'll get, the quicker they'll get it. So, pretty much, if you ask them to do something, and they figure it out, and do what you kind of ask them to do, you know, if you really want to build on that, you got to reward them quickly. you got to release fast. Um, the more delay you have in your release, the more delay they are going to have in their future responses. So you really got to consider that. I was doing a, I was doing a, just a FaceTime video, and those of you that don't know, we're still doing video coaching and stuff. So today, earlier today, I was doing a video coaching with a friend of mine, and and she was working on the backup, and, and I haven't seen her on here yet, but I'm sure she'll be here. But anyways, and we were talking about the backup, and most folks don't release in the backup until they feel the mule take a step. But you really want to be ahead of the game. You, you start to reward these thoughts, and, well, how do you know what they're thinking? Well, that's hard. But you can reward them even earlier yet on when they just shift that weight just a little bit. So you feel them start to back up and just shift their weight into consideration and you release for that rather than waiting for them to take a literal step so that's just one example but so you got this combination of things first of all you got to have some goals you know what do you want this softness to mean in your meal what what does that mean to you okay you got to be soft yourself they're just reflection of you so you got to offer them a good deal okay you you got to you got to give them this chance to be soft. If you just go ahead and jerk on them reins or you just 
stick your spur in them, you're not offering them a good deal. So you gotta you gotta work on your approach to your questions. You gotta be more clear and more precise and a little easier rather on your on your questions that you're asking and how you're asking them. And then you gotta be fast. You gotta be fast on the response and on the reward. You know, you be the person that just pays them back quickly and really rewards them for for these efforts and their tries. I'd rather uh, I'd rather just reward for a whole bunch of little teeny efforts and tries than one big uh, movement. So, anyways, that's kind of my tip to you guys for the week. Uh, you know, trying to develop this softness, this willingness, like I said. Um, let me know what you think of that. Hit the like button if you enjoyed uh, hearing about that. Um, feel free to post your comments on here. Let me know what you guys think about, uh, you know, maybe what building softness means to you. So anyways, um, we'll leave that there. Um, let's check out your questions. Okay. So I'm just scrolling through here. A lot of good friends watching live today and I appreciate you guys being here. Let's see what questions we got. Go ahead and post your questions. If you guys have any, let's have a chat for a little bit. Uh, okay. Cassie at 45 quarter circle mule ranch says, how to correct a playful mule while poning from another equine. So, Cassie, uh, I assume, and if I get this wrong, you can just comment here and let me know, but I assume that you're asking, you're, you're poning this mule, and the mule that you're ponying is, is being playful and goofing off, and how do you correct, or like I like to prefer to say, is redirect that. So, you know, when you're poning another mule... It, it is the exact same standards of leading as when you're on the ground. The only difference is is that the animal you're riding is your those are your legs. So uh, you know, but I don't want that mule to pass me, so their nose cannot come past uh, you know my body. So when I'm sitting on that mule, you know, if I got a big open area, you know, it's fine if they come alongside the animal, but their nose cannot come past. Let's just say my my shoulder uh my leg or whatever they can't do that so i'd keep them back so every time every time they're about to breach that i would just set them back now don't wait till they're dragging you they're clear ahead of you to do that um maybe the mule that you're ponying wants to bite the your riding animal or something you know every time they do something like that just like when you're on the ground just stop and roll the hinds away from you you know like if my if that mule you're ponying kind of is playing around a lot i'll just I'll just cut right in with my riding animal, and I will roll the hinds just as I would on the ground. No different. So, you know, there's stuff like that. Backing up, rolling the hinds, um, stuff like that that you could do. Um, also, put them in a trot. You can do serpentines with them. You know, pony them doing some serpentines, whatever it takes. Good question, Cassie. Thank you. All right. Krista Burdett. Hi from upstate South Carolina. Any tips for a mule that is very impatient while standing tied and paused, t- and paused tied and in the trailer? Um, yeah, so Krista, if you want to look back, we've got a whole bunch of episodes on using a high line. And so if you go to my podcast, you can find past episodes. Um, also, I did a video on our everyday mealmanship challenge recently on using a high line. Um, this is a common question we get. Apparently, there's a lot of mules out there not standing tied not standing still while tied. Um, so Krista, check those out. But basically, long story short, Krista, I would use a high line. 
and let them just sort it out. Tie them up every day, let them work it out. After they figure it out, take it off, take them off. So, and start with the short increments of time. Maybe tie them up for an hour today, and then hour and a half tomorrow, and just build up from there. So, that's how I do, Krista. But they got to learn to stand. They got to learn to sort it out on their own. Um, one thing you guys have heard me talk about in the past too is getting them in the in the right frame of mind. You know, so do a good job working with the, with that mule. Get them in a good mental frame of mind. You know, and then let them stand tied. So I like to tie them up after I've worked them a little bit. Okay, Ray. Ray says, I once read a list of 10 ways to ruin a good horse or mule. And one was to allow a horse uninvited in your space. Any thoughts? So, Ray, I really like my mules wanting to come up to me. But they need to understand um, that I don't want them on top of me or pushing me around. So, basically, Ray, you just set your standards. You know, uh, where do you want that mule to be when you're there? So if you walk out in the corral and the mules all come up to you to visit or your horses, whatever, um, you know, are you know I'm not okay with them coming up and bumping me with their head. But I do want them coming up to me, so I do. I am inviting, um, you know, and that's why we do all the groundwork. It kind of teaches them, teaches them the standards, you know. I used to use the word respect until I've now learned that you know the mules and horses, they lack that large frontal lobe. They have a real small frontal lobe and. And they literally are not capable of respect nor disrespect. They can't do it like you and I. It's an abstract thought. So basically you just have to teach them standards where where they can be most comfortable near you. So how can you how can you set it up, Ray, to make that animal very comfortable in a certain position around you? So let's just say they walk up to you and you don't want them to crowd into your space with their head or whatever. So they stand, let's just say, two feet away from you. That'd be the closest they'd walk up to you. Well, I'm fine with that, and that's a good standard, so you just set it up like that, right? All right, good question. All right, Miss Judy Smith. Ty, I am trying to concentrate on keeping Sue centered, but at times she will suddenly turn her head to watch something. I work to keep her moving, but I hate to have to get strong with the rain. Thoughts? Yeah, Judy, so, you know, part of keeping them centered is keeping them with you, and... You know, she'll want to look at things. Their eyes work different than ours do, so she'll really want to look at things to focus in on them. You know, she can see out of the corner of her eye, but the identification is not as strong as if she looks with two eyes and focuses, you know, those lenses in her eye. So she'll she'll want it. The key is here is to let that mule know. You say, hey, listen, Sue, I saw that whatever. I saw that biker that uh, bird or that rabbit or whatever it might be i saw it way before you did so don't worry about it um and remember they always they always give you a couple little signs so she might flick that ear over to the right and you know those are like little radars so she's looking and she's thinking about maybe looking over there with her eyes well you might just you might just help her out and maybe just tip her a little to the left you know and or whatever if she gets really stuck on staring at whatever it is, I will turn toward it and roll the hinds in that direction and use use whatever pieces of that mule's knowledge that I have to redirect those thoughts and 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 get redirect those feet. So you kind of have the answer already um, to kind of keep her moving. Um, and you know you might set it up like this, and this is the way that you can both be satisfied because she's really going to want to focus, and you really want her to. St- pay attention to you so i might move her feet for a minute and then i'll ask her to stop on my own terms and then i might let her look over there i don't have a problem with that 
All right, Tim Liazer. Good to see you on here, Tim. I have a three-year-old backs out of the trailer, but she does a 90 miles an hour. But she does 90 miles an hour. What can I do to slow her down? So, Tim, I guess you're, yeah, I guess you're saying your mule backs out, but she just goes really fast. Well, when she flies out of the trailer, Tim, I just put her back in the trailer again. And, you know, don't, don't make any habits of, you know, I see, I see this a lot folks will load up in the trailer and they hurry and slam the door like they want to trap and uh i was giving somebody a hard time that come out to do one of the private clinics in my house this summer because we were loading mules and i was loading up the very last mule and she swung the door shut while i'm in there and i said what are you doing you're trying to get me squished in here and she's like oh no i'm like well why'd you slam why'd you shut the door while i'm right here and she's like oh i just thought we you, you just need to do that um you know so the mules stay in there i'm like leave that door open I teach all my mules to load in and out, and it takes some time, and I've had issues for sure, but um, I teach them all to go in and out of that trailer and just wait for me, whatever, in or out. They don't need to have anything slammed behind them. So, Tim, basically, to, fit, to get her slowed down, I would just load her up and then try to relax, just leave that door wide open. And if she wants to hurry out, let her out and bring her back in. And if she hurries out again, I'd go back and forth, Tim, until she can just hang out there real nice and quiet with you. And, you know, it wouldn't be a big deal. But they need to learn to wait for you, Tim. They need to learn to wait. Mules hurrying out of a trailer, is are, that's a bad deal. And if you guys go back a couple episodes on these Mule Tip Tuesdays, I talked about a mule that just, per, well, it, it knocked me pretty loopy a couple weeks ago, you know, um, wanting to rush out of that trailer. And basically, she jumped jumped right on top of me and and uh, knocked me pretty loopy, Sky worried sky a little bit it hit me pretty darn good knocked the wind right out of me but you, you know you, you gotta slow them down and i just told you how to do it work at it in and out you gotta get that meal content with waiting for you and it goes back to all your other groundwork too so all right what else we got here today folks debbie mcmillan kane okay my mule is very sticky Slow to respond to any cues. Great topic, softness. We are working on lateral work. He's only, he's 15, only had a while. I try to remember all in meals time. Yeah, it's in the meals time for sure, Debbie. Um, just take the time it takes. Um, for some reason, our culture is so wrapped up in time. It is. I mean, it, it, I mean me, look at me. I'm just, I can't stand to be late. I hate being late. I hate when people are late to my clinics. You know, it just drives me crazy. Um... But you know what? When you're working on this stuff, it's got to be on the mule's time. You got to set it up and let that mule figure it out. We get in such a hurry. And um, remember, you're just trying to teach. You're just trying to present something and let them learn. You're not, I shouldn't say you're trying to teach. You're just trying to present it in a way that the mule can figure it out. Okay. All right. Lisa Jones. Hello from Oregon. Yeah, Lisa, we're coming to Oregon next week. Uh, she says, my question for today is first, I have a young molly mule, almost a almost a year and a half, and she likes to paw. Why is that? And second, how do I get her to stop? So, Lisa, uh, we kind of covered this question a little bit. Um, that high line again, I love using a high line. If you guys don't have a high line, it doesn't matter. Just work on tying them up. Tie them up to your hitch rail, whatever you have, whatever is available to you, and let those mules sort it out. But more importantly than just letting them sort it out, Work with these animals, get them in a good mental frame of mind 
and they will learn to stand tight for you. I promise you. Just give it time. All right. All right. Diana or Deanna? I'm sure, I'm not sure how to pronounce. It. I don't have Sky here to read me my names. Uh, do John mules have a wolf tooth that interferes with their mouth, and can the teeth be pulled, or what is the solution? I know one that is fighting the bit and pulling his mouth away. Yeah, Diana. Uh, yes, they do have wolf teeth, and uh, you need to get them pulled. They're, they don't do the mule any good, and it does interfere with what you're trying to do, so get those wolf teeth pulled. And even on occasion, your molly mules can have wolf teeth, so be sure to check. I have had... I've had one molly mule that had a wolf tooth, so check on it. You don't need them. Uh, you know, teeth are a good subject to talk about. I, I ought to talk about it a little bit more. I'm going to try to get, I'm going to try to get my vet on the podcast here in the next couple months when I get home, and talk about teeth because, you know, you, you need to get these teeth floated regularly. Um, you know, the youngsters get those wolf teeth pulled. Um, always check those teeth when you guys buy a new mule. Um, get the, the meals you have, get them checked yearly. That'd be something good for you guys to do, okay? Uh, I have all my meals checked every year, and especially the young ones. The young ones, you know, they're losing their caps, and their teeth are a little bit more of a mess than even the older ones sometimes. Okay, Cassie's following up on the question she asked earlier. She says, he bites the flank and legs of my riding equine. Uh, okay, so, yeah, so just, just kind of go through what I said there, Cassie, and earlier and that'll do you some good okay any other questions folks i'm just scrolling down here i think i've got them all um today which is really surprising i actually got all the questions today anything else here if you guys have more questions just holler at me anytime whatever you got feel free to comment but uh we're just gearing up here for our clinic in spokane um I'm ready to get this clinic done uh, because it's it's canceled twice and moved twice and and gosh, getting here was a pain. Okay, Stacy Scott has a question. I've noticed I, I've noticed that you have the bit lower in the mouth. I'm assuming it's to get them to pick it up. Uh, no, Stacy. Yeah, I do have it. I do have it. Just touching the corners of the lips. I don't have it hanging down in the mouth, though. So it's just touching them, just barely. There's no pressure. There's no wrinkles. Uh, it's just it's just touching them. Um, any wrinkles that I put in the mule's mouth, it would be me asking them to do something. And I also don't like it hanging low. I've seen some bits hanging so low they're slamming on the frontal teeth or, or, or the teeth out in the front. And, um, you know, those, that's not going to do you any good. So I like it just touching the corner of the mouth, just barely. That'll do me some good. All right, Jen Allen. Fraggle likes to shove her head under my lead horse's tail to scare them. It's a fun game to her. They don't think it's fun. Yeah, keep Fraggle busy, Jen, when you're leading her. Um, you know, and sometimes some of these animals that get pony, they just, you know, they don't really know what's ahead of them, so they're just kind of goofing around and, you know, just redirect those things. Uh, Renee Baker. My boy puts his head between his knees on the ground and pulls me uh but he's an angel when i'm riding well if you renee imagine if you got your groundwork going good how much better he would be for you in the saddle you know uh, i say that so often right there to so many people because i get a lot of people that come to the clinic say you know my meals 
it rides pretty good. I don't know why I need that groundwork stuff. I, you know, I'm fine. Remember, the groundwork isn't just so you guys don't get bucked off. The groundwork might in the, in the beginning be so you guys don't get bucked off or beat up, but you know, at some point in time, it's going to go from that to working on refinement. You know, I do the groundwork now with my mules um, for refinement. You know, the older ones, and so, anyways, keep working on that, Renee. Candace Hansen, what kind of bit do you ride in? Well, Candace, it depends on what progression I'm on. Uh, I start all my mules and horses and donkeys in a snaffle bit. And I like Tom Balding bits. He he builds a fantastic snaffle bit. Also, Jeremiah Watt. If you guys are looking for good snaffle bits, that's a, that's a plug for them. Uh, they're great. They do a good job. So... Uh, but you can find snaffle bits anywhere. But so I start them in a snaffle bit, just a smooth mouth O-ring, a snaffle bit, nothing fancy. And then uh, when I get a whole bunch of good things going in that snaffle bit, Candace, then I'll go to uh, Hackamore. And the Hackamore I'm talking about is not one of these mechanical pieces of junk, but uh, you know a traditional Hackamore. It's got a Bozell, a hanger, and a McCarty. That's the traditional Hackamore I'm talking about. After the Hackamore, going to the two-rein, which is a Hackamore and uh, a bridle bit. The bridle bit I use is, is like a half-breed bridle bit. And then eventually they're just straight up in the bridle, just using that bridle bit only. So, anyways, all right, we are about out of time now, folks. Uh, thanks for hanging out with me for the last half an hour. It's always a pleasure to do Meal Tip Tuesday, and next week I'll be coming to you from Oregon. So, thank you. If I could ask you a couple favors... You guys know the drill, I'm sure, but if you could please share this right now, hit the share button, I would very much be grateful to you. Let your friends know about these Meal Tip Tuesdays. If you're listening to this later on the podcast, especially Apple Podcasts, I would love it if you would leave us a five-star review and leave some comments. Let me know what you guys think of these Meal Tip Tuesdays. Uh, If you have questions for next week, and if I don't get, there may be some questions that come in late or when folks watch later, I'll try to get to those next week too. So, anyways, God bless you guys. Thank you for watching. Enjoy them mules, and uh, we'll see you next week. All right, take care.